Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album, a back and forth uh, album review of sorts between myself, Joe Fremming, and my cohort, Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing? I, I need one more night before we do this podcast. <laughs> Paul, I need you to take take me home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so this... This is an interesting choice. This week I picked as a revenge album on Paul, uh, Phil Collins' third uh, solo album, No Jacket Required, based off, uh, I got the idea off an old Patton Oswalt joke about like how he, if he, when he became a parent, to make sure his kids rebelled and did the right thing, he was going to have only one album in the house, and that would be, you guessed it, No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. <laughs> Brilliant. And, I love uh, Patton. So I picked this as like, you know, a revenge thing, you know, like, yeah, we'll listen to an, another bad album after that god-awful Amanda <laughs> Lear album. And then something weird happened, Paul. Yep. I, uh, after 39 years on this planet, I realized I fucking love Phil Collins. <laughs> It was the damnedest thing. Like, I'm listening to this album, and I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 what? And then, like, I'm going into the, his, the Genesis, post-Gabriel Genesis, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, these songs that I grew up hating, I'm realizing I really like them now. It's fucking weird, man. So, uh, this is the part where I tell you that I didn't hate this album. <laughs> you told me you went through something similar, right? Yeah, you know, I realized I had the joke with my buddies um, at my old job. Uh, I'd be like, you know, you know, you're getting old when you start to enjoy Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, but it was really weird. Be like, I'm just like hit after hit after fucking hit. Like, and the weird thing is, he hit his songwriting stride in like what his 30s. Uh, it's got to be somewhere around there. Like I mean, early to mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, because again, he was with Genesis, and I, I know a lot more about early Genesis than I do post, like Gabriel Genesis, than now post Genesis or post Gabriel, I should say. And um, yeah, I mean, during that time, you know, he was just the backup singer with um, on the drums, and you know that was kind of his big focus. And then you know when when Peter left, they kind of laid it on him. To do to do the the vocal stuff, and I mean he must have been paying attention because the guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, uh, so we jokingly referred to this privately as as uh, his one of his divorce albums. It really isn't. <laughs> so let's go. This, this kind of comes out in uh, eight, 1985. Uh, Ten years. After Gabriel leaves Genesis, you know, again, this everybody involved in this band, their uh, career tra- trajectory makes absolutely no sense to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's like in 85, like Gabriel releases So, his huge, <laughs> you know, like, and Phil Collins is just killing it. Like, he's a, like inspired, you know, he's like the. He's like the number one guy in the 80s. He's on Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, he's on Miami Vice, man, which was the show in the 80s, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just a brief history. He goes in, like, he wanted to make more of a poppy dance album with this. 
Because, you know, if you listen to his first two solo albums, he's pretty fucking angry. Uh, divorce uh-huh. albums are pretty, like, I, I went back and listened to those. And I was like, I really wish I listened to these after my divorce because, like, no other album I was listening to at the time, like, registers the amount of rage he has. Oh, it's, it, honestly, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, people give, uh, here's the thing, people give Taylor Swift a lot of shit for doing, like, these revenge songs. Uh, she's just carrying the torch that Phil Collins started. <laughs> Dude, you, you honestly, you guys, if you if you ever want to listen to some great revenge music, listen to the first two Phil Collins solo albums because that is what they are, and it's vicious. Listen to the song "I Don't Care." <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. that's you just watch a- the video. He's just snarling like he's Johnny Rotten. Yeah, he is just going fucking ballistic on it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so he goes in the studio to record this. He gets uh, uh, backing vocals on some tracks as Peter Gabriel and Sting. Uh, it's he doesn't uh, later on. He it's not really his one of his favorite albums, even though it's I think I believe it's his uh, highest charting album, his most successful solo album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the album is the most eighties story ever. <laughs> um, Go on. Him and Robert Plant are going to the pump factory in New York uh, and denied a table for dinner because, you guessed it, Phil Collins was not wearing the right kind of jacket. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so not only is he throws his, magnificently throws his ex-wife under the bus for two albums, then he throws under this <laughs> New York <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> like, you know, you realize you did not want to piss this guy off in the 1980s. No, no. Phil was dealing with some rage issues, man. I think I think the birth of anger management came from Phil Collins, honestly. <laughs> it, it is very unsuspecting. Very unsuspecting. You look at him, he's like this short, bald guy. He's like, literally, like, in every interview, he's like the happiest dude on earth. And then you listen to these lyrics and the, his spiteness in the eighties. It's just it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you don't you don't fuck with the Collins man. I mean that's just I mean it's straight up. Which is interesting because we've talked about this before. Like like you got two British English bands. You have Pink Floyd, and you have um, Genesis, right? And both are snarky. No one gets along, and yet they are cordial with each other in yeah. Genesis. <laughs> and in Pink Floyd, these guys can't even get in the same room together. Pink Floyd's made up of all Tony Banks. <laughs> Dude, Tony Banks. God damn that guy. He's such a fucking prick. I love him. I love it. But so, uh, you know, and this is another thing that came my realization listening to this album is like, because growing up, a lot of my anger with Phil Collins came with the sound that people imitated from him. Uh, most mm-hmm. notably would be Pink Floyd when we did. We discussed that with, at length with a momentary lapse of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who mimicked his sound, I hate. His sound works for him. It just doesn't work for anybody else. Yeah, this is, you know, Phil Collins to me, you know, we've talked about those bands that you don't cover, right? Those people. And Phil Collins to me is one of those things. Like, Phil Collins is good at being Phil Collins because it's Phil Collins things. But don't try to emulate it because you will fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's, you know, his his vocals are very specific. 
Mm -hmm. and his drumming is very specific. It's very specific to him. So it's really, uh, it's a fool's errand to try to mimic him, I think. Well, and I read in a, a Rolling Stone article um, years ago that they said that Phil Collins is the best, uh, is is better at being Peter Gabriel than Peter Gabriel is. And that's kind of it. Like, those are two things you don't, like, no, you never need to do a, a Peter Gabriel cover. And you never need to do a Phil Collins cover because those guys nailed it first time. So stop it. Stop it. <laughs> that's another weird thing. Like, so, as you know, I listened to this and then I listened to, like, uh, his first few solo albums. And I listened to Gabriel's solo albums. And it's weird how, like, these guys kind of, like, seem to influence each other. Yes. Oh, through those albums. Like. Because they were doing shit together, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gabriel's on this album. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it's this was quite an emotional journey for me, realizing I love Phil Collins, Paul. It was. Uh, yeah, you know, your, your, your revenge trick didn't work, sir. Just like the um, Flaming Lips Sparkle Horse song, Revenge. It always backfires, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Paul, let's talk about what works, what doesn't work on this. And then I have a, a side topic I want to go off of, too, when we get to it. Oh, I love that. So, for me, what works is a lot of this album, honestly. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of songs I don't care for, like, Who Said I Would. Um, Inside Out has a fucking sax solo that can go straight to hell. Oh. Uh, where, where that thing came from, um, We Said Hello, Goodbye. One of the things I dislike about this album, uh, I mean, because there's, okay, Susu <laughs> Studio, fucking brilliant. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, One More Night. It's a nonsense song, and it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. One More Night, Don't Lose My Number, um, Doesn't Anyone Stay Together Anymore, Take Me Home. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of great packed on this. But one of the things that I find odd on this is I think the Gabriel influence of musical switches and i don't think it works as well for phil as it does for peter um there's some interesting like tonal shifts that i felt were like mm, that was an interesting choice on some of these songs but i also look at some of these songs where i think phil knew like hey these are the hits these are the filler why well, can do whatever i want in the filler and just kind of have fun that's the vibe i got yeah and he's he said after this like it, this wasn't it didn't feel like like a him album. Like I think he was just trying to do things that were different and it just, he wasn't really happy with it with how it turned out. So I think like even Phil would agree with you on that. Oh, awesome. So I nailed it. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not his favorite of his solo albums. And well, again, when you listen to all of Phil Collins works, it's shocking to hear that the lamb lays down on Broadway was his favorite Genesis. album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just kind of goes like how cool of a guy he is, and that's another frustrating. Thing. This dude's fucking cool. God, and so uh, yeah, uh, so you know what worked for me too was the studio. Even though, like, you know, it's it's such a <laughs> such a nonsense song, but like those drums and like the production, yes. it's just it nails you, it hits you. Uh, Long, long way to go, where it just stops. Yeah. Jarringly stops. <laughs> Was like, it worked for me. You know, One More Night is such a beautiful little ballad. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. 
Doesn't Anybody Stay Together Anymore is a good song. Like, that was like his one divorce song, and that was mostly because he started realizing all his friends were getting divorced. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, jo- welcome to the club, Brother Phil. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, Take Me Home is, for me, that I just love how it builds. Oh, it, that song is like, Yes, the way that the song builds and builds and builds and builds. It's fucking damn near a perfect template for, like, how to build a song properly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then this kind of gets me into the... So, (laughs) I was researching this, and I vaguely remembered Phil Collins worked with a hip-hop group in Mm, the early 2000s. So, Paul, I went down this rabbit hole that you were also quite... (laughs) startled by so i i remembered it so uh bone thugs and harmony did a song called home mm-hmm. uh i'm trying 2000 2003 it comes out uh it samples the hook from take me home mm-hmm. and i'm like wow and then like i watched the official video <laughs> and it turns out the group flew to geneva switzerland to get phil collins in <laughs> in the video and then that i went is... down these this other rabbit hole and it turns out like in the early 2000s hip-hop fucking loved phil collins mm-hmm. uh, in the late 90s the early dmx samples in the air tonight <laughs> uh you know eminem rhymes about phil, you know the urban legend of phil collins watching the guy watched the other man drown to death and right in the air, <laughs> which is one of my favorite uh, fake urban legends. Oh, so brilliant, so brilliant. Uh, and a lot, so then all of a sudden, I come across a thing called Urban Renewal, and it's a tribute album to Phil Collins by hip hop artists. <laughs> uh, and Phil Collins is talking, and he's doing an interview, and he's. Uh, he's uh, shocked when he finds out uh, who is who is it. Uh, Ice T is doing an interview, and somebody asks him about his Phil Collins records, and he's basically like, "Yeah, yeah and you don't shit on Phil Collins." <laughs> 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 Phil Collins is watching this like, "What the?" Hell? <laughs> so like, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So all these bands. There are all these hip hop artists like love them, and they end up putting out a, a tribute album to Phil Collins. And <laughs> the one I shared for you was what one of the most surprising things I've ever seen is a cover of Susudio by Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. You know, I gotta say something about ODB. Now that we're talking about ODB, ODB has some of the best covers ever. Oh, um, have you heard his uh, him and Macy Gray do "Don't Go Breaking My Heart"? A brilliant. Um, th- his post one after he died um, was, um, "Why don't you um, uh, build me up, Buttercup?" So brilliant, <laughs> so brilliant. Yeah, no, ODB man, that guy was awesome. And, and c- going back to the video that you sent me, because we do talk a little bit behind the scenes, and you showed me some of this stuff, and you're like, "What is this?" When you're going down the rabbit hole, I thought the funniest part of that Bone Thugs and Harmony video was that Phil was like had like a fucking gangsta hat and was like bopping his head behind them. It was just <laughs> the most awkward thing. And then it cuts to like the sample part, and he's walking through, and he just looks like an utter badass in this fucking video singing take me home i mean it's amazing oh yeah 
it so yeah it's it was wild like discovering like all it and like back to that like out like Lil Kim covers in the air tonight. Kylis mm-hmm. uh, I covers I don't care anymore and it's produced by the Neptunes. Like what the hell is happening? I I, I don't know. All I could tell you is is that okay. Phil Collins is a fucking badass, and we talk about it. I'll bring it up here in this in this thing where we call him Brother Phil. Phil is also a Freemason, so like he's just had like the weirdest, like most interesting life. Like if I could sit down and interview him for even fifteen minutes, I imagine my whole head would be fucking blown. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird trajectory because especially if you think of, throughout the nineties, like everybody just like. Genesis is like kind of like a laughing stock, and Phil Collins is like that's you know at that time would be considered what dad rock, dad rock. Oh yeah, it's dad rock. And so like you got like you know the snarky grunge, and then whatever indie people just like thumbing their nose, and hip hop artists are like, fuck that, these songs are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) They got it. I will say that they got it before, but, but other than the rest of us, right? They were just, yeah. I mean. Again, it takes white people to get in their almost 40s before they start to appreciate Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's amazing just how, <laughs> you know, like how many catchy songs this fucker had. Like, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, like I said, you know, you go, you like, uh, you know, after, uh, even in Genesis, after Gabriel left, I like. Duke is an amazing album and um, Abacab like listen to Abacab and you are going to hear like even in Duke, there's a song that you go, yep, that's where it started. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, was it Duke that had misunderstanding on it? You mad misunderstanding and heat haze. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then like, their self-titled had that's all which has like one of the most amazing like piano grooves mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh what is what's the other one that abacab has um it's uh it's a, it's one of those songs where you just go um oh boy uh god which one was it was it uh the man in the corner i think it was like it, it just it reeks of 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 Collins. Like, yep, you know the direction that Genesis is gonna go here. And good, you know. I yeah. mean, I get you know that's one of those things. Like, you can't just stay in the shadow of <clears throat> the guy before you. No, no, no. And I yeah. think it was honestly it was brilliant of Banks and um, uh, the the rest of them um, to let him um rutherford uh yeah, the rest rutherford. of them was just one that one other yeah guy. <laughs> yeah rutherford. well there was a few but remember then there was three <laughs> <laughs> yeah their successful era it was just then it was basically the three of them you know it was just a three and basically all they were were just extended like like b-sides of phil collins <laughs> solo albums <laughs> that were still <laughs> giant hit makers but it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm watching these videos and they're like they're hilarious and like I don't understand what's going on. No. <laughs> like for instance, like the video for Take Me Home, a serious song, and it's just like it looks you know, he's like wearing like a Pepsi t shirt. Get like misunderstanding, he's driving around with a Hawaiian shirt and a like, what? <laughs> Yeah. It's just <laughs> 
no shame it, in him it, just being a plain dude, you know? Like, no, no. A boring I think, white guy. He yeah, made being a boring white guy an acceptable thing. <laughs> like, I think, I think if all white people were Phil Collins, there wouldn't be any problems in the world. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Because he, he's a decent guy. Because he's a decent dude. I'm sure he's got some anger issues, but who doesn't? Like, Unfortunately, most white it. people are Tony Banks. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I know he's your favorite, but my God, every time I listen, I'm just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's amazing with listening to him in interviews because you just go, yep, here's Tony. Yeah, he was never happy with anything. Nothing. You know, I had this amazing piano piece, and then I had to go put lyrics over it. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh. But- yeah, I mean, overall, in, in my yeah, I'm so I'm think this is hilarious that you thought this was gonna be a revenge album. I'm going, I like this album. What yeah, are you, it fired me. I like it made it actually led me to fall in love with Phil Collins. Like it's, after I listened to this, I started listening. Like I've made my own Spotify mix of like the songs I like from the albums that mm-hmm. I've been listening to nonstop. Like I'm just been like, holy shit! Like it was like when I last summer when I. Finally, listened to like the Peter Green Fleetwood Mac, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Why have I been like not listening to this for so long?" Right, right. No, absolutely. Like, like there is a thing. Like, once you get in the fill, it becomes like, like it's you're in the fill, and it just happens to everyone. I think like this is just something that's going to happen to you in your life. We should also mention that Phil Collins has won an Academy Award <laughs> <laughs> for what? Uh, oh. It was a song for like a soundtrack. I just remember he beat out South Park when mm. they did their movie. Wasn't it for one of the Disney movies? Um, I think it was like Tarzan or something. Maybe? I think it was Tarzan. I think it was Tarzan. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think he got an Academy Award for Tarzan, which I think was a Cindy Lauper cover. I mean, just uh, <laughs> Bill Collins Academy Award. I can't believe <laughs> The dude, the dude has accolades, man. That's all I gotta say. Like, I don't care. You know, it's kind of like when I, I, I love uh, William Shatner. Eventually, we're gonna get to his album, but he has a song called "Has Been," and you know, it, it's like talking about these people. You know, they shit on these. People. No one that's ever done anything in their life just shits on them for whatever. And it's like Phil Collins doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, yeah, for the movie Tarzan, the song "You'll Be in My Heart." You'll be in my heart. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Which. Uh, South, the creators of South Park then started mocking him by making <laughs> a sledding hill on the show called Bill Collins Hill. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> and the snow makes his face. <laughs> Spiteful, but good. <laughs> oh, God. It's yeah. It's like, like like just looking at yeah like Phil's just interesting and again you look at you watch interviews of him and he's just the chillest dude. Yeah, he's just some guy. <laughs> he's just some, and he doesn't pretend to be anything else. Like he just is a dude. He's just a guy who's like this. Is, I just happen to make. I just happen to make fucking amazing songs. Like yeah, I just happen to rule the eighties with number one hits. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna like, I'm you gonna can't be that chill and be the guy who wrote "Take Me Home." <laughs> <laughs> but he, or the guy that wrote um you know uh the 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 massive revenge song god damn it you said it before 
um, can't, uh, don't care anymore. Don't care anymore. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Like, you can't be chill. Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I take it out in the studio and I go home and I'm fine. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Phil Collins says the secret to life. Oh, yeah. He's got something, man. I don't know. But, yeah, so this... Ultimately, my revenge pick blew up in my face and made me a huge Phil Collins. <laughs> so, what songs didn't you like on the album? I mean, uh, the yeah. ones that you brought up, uh, you know, Inside Out, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, Fuck Sax Willows. So, yeah. who said I would? Like some of these songs that start kind of like start blending into mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. another, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. You know, yep. I mean, like you said, the, the, there's the fillers and then there's the hits. <laughs> like some of the fillers, like you know, long long way to go, just because I. It was it really good, and then it just ends abruptly, which it's not even like the end of a side of a record, which is really like what the Beatles did with, like, you know, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Like, yep. it, it's, the, it's the third fucking song. I know, I know, I know. It's a great song, and I just, you're like, what? What happened? Yeah, I, thought, I literally thought, like, like, my Spotify went out. Oh. Oh yeah, no. I think um, it's a absolute brilliant album. Um, you know, I, I, I would encourage people to actually go back and look at some of his earlier stuff too. I mean, and you know, I'm sure that we'll go back and because there's some Genesis I want you to listen to at some point. But no, I mean, welcome to the Phil Collins bandwagon. You're an old man. <laughs> it's all right. You know, I'm gonna start wearing chinos all the time and golf polos. Yeah, you know, just I'm just gonna embrace my middle age. Yeah, get it done, buddy. <laughs> uh, so Paul, Paul, would you recommend No Jacket Required? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, there, there, there's fillers on this, but my God, the highs are high, man. And you could sit there, you could you go be snarky and be like whatever. But I guarantee you, every one of those fucking people that said they hated this album and whatever, this was a guilty pleasure. Like there was people who gave it like one lesson, like you did, and were like, "Fuck this," I remember. And I get that. But I think most people that shit on it are like secretly like, "Yeah, this is Phil Collins is a total guilty pleasure." Just own it. Just yeah. own it. Listen to the album, and you'll be happier for it. You know, after I turned like twenty six, I decided there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. I'm just gonna like what I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so this album, yeah, it, it just kind of floored me. And it, it also like by the time we were recording this, you know, I'm really getting into Phil Collins. And when uh, DMX passed away, mm-hmm. and then I had no idea <laughs> he sampled in the air tonight. And I'm listening to that song. I'm like. Holy shit, like, you know, that was another, like, hip-hop just loves this guy. And they do. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, again, they got it. I mean, you gotta, I mean, they, there is shit there. I mean, I'm, the beats and shit are good. So, yeah, there's a lot to sample. I mean, if you're a hip-hop sampler, go through Genesis and Peter, and Peter, um, Phil Collins' work, man. Like, oh, yeah. sample the shit of it, because there's a lot to do with it. <laughs> it was funny, too. Uh, so I started, at some, every now and then I'll watch reaction videos. And, like, there's a lot of them for Phil Collins <laughs> in Genesis. But I was watching this one for I Can't Dance. You know, and, like, you know, the song starts going, and the person pauses, like, this fucker's a liar. He can dance. He can sing. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good at both. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I get the singing when they show us the clip of them like with their weird arm jerk and dance thing. I'm like, 
Yeah, okay, I'll give you one for one on that one. <laughs> well, and remember, um, <clears throat> Land of Confusion, uh, you know, was covered. Um, um, you know, it, it, uh, I forget the the heavy metal band that, or the 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 uh, the um, Disturbed. Thank you. Yeah, Disturbed. They fucking covered Land of Confusion. So yeah, that's a heavy metal band. And they like Collins, so you know it's all over the gamut. Like you, like you know, if hip hop's covering you and heavy metal's covering you, you're fine. <laughs> like just accept that it's good work, people. Oh yeah, it's this was a fun journey for me, and yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. There, you know, there's, a, there's some duds on here, uh, uh, and I, from his interviews, it seemed like he was just kind of getting out into areas that he wasn't entirely you know, himself and comfortable with, but, you know, he, did, he, he tried it. Some of it didn't work. A lot of it did because, you know, he was one of the biggest names of the decade, you know, the deck, you know, it's, it's, it's weird for see somebody hit like their commercial success, like 10 years out, mm-hmm. <laughs> 15 years out of like the big break of their band. Mm-hmm. So I'll admit this. I'm kind of a wrestling nerd, right? I haven't watched wrestling in years, but <clears throat> I still there's podcasts and things that I listen to, like about behind. Like I'm more interested in like what happened, like the behind the scenes shit. Oh, that's then crazy. it's so great. It's a the Macho Man stories, like when he bring, bring his own towels on the road. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Fucking touching my towels. <laughs> don't be touch. Don't be touching my towels. You know. <laughs> Look at the. Boots, look at the man. Look at the boots, <laughs> look at the man. <laughs> Rise to the top. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some great stuff in the background, right? I mean, behind the scenes. So, yeah, there's some amazing podcasts out there um, about that. You know, Bruce Pritchard has some OSW review. But I bring that up because you got to look at um, people like DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. He didn't start wrestling until he was 38, the age when most people retire. <laughs> he was a manager up to that point. <laughs> and he became huge in WCW. Um, he was one of the top baby faces. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I love stories like this where someone just out of the blue, guys like hitting middle age. Okay, I'm hitting my prime now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Diamond Dallas Page, he'll always be one of my favorite as one of the biker dudes in Devil's Rejects who yes. just takes down the family. Yes, 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 yes. And I will totally, I mean, um, plug, <clears throat> um, I do I do DDP yoga. And I recommend everybody do it. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something that helped Jake the Snake Roberts with his... Uh, you know, get himself back in because there was a documentary where he was in pretty rough shape and Diamond Dallas Page helps him on his road to recovery. Diamond, uh, yes, uh, Jake the Snake and um, shot, uh, Scott Hall. Um, he basically saved those both those guys from death. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want to know what led to Jake the Snake's <laughs> medical issues uh just look at the clip of the honky tonk man hitting him with a real guitar and he drops like a, like a sack of bricks oh that is painful to watch that is painful to watch yeah and then uh, also uh what is it it's um uh, the mick foley documentary is it um um what's it called the mat or something beyond the mat uh when he starts talking about his um 
is cocaine uh, and crack use and sleeping with like three hookers at a time. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he had a rough life. Um, I, I mean, fun, but it fucked him up big time, and uh, which sucks because actually, God, we're way off topic. He was supposed to be a booker for WWE when he got we started getting too old to wrestle, according to um, Vince McMahon, and they loved the way that his that his mind was, and they wanted to be a fucking um a booker and he just couldn't stay sober and that's all because of honky tonk man yeah 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 it's well he's he's back and he's in better shape now than he was for a while like he was a hot mess he was a hot mess but yes so you'd recommend this album i'd recommend this album your revenge album blew up in your face yeah it sure did but that's all that's all right because at least we had an album to enjoy this time other than <laughs> Mandolier. <laughs> I really, I, you know, we talked about Kiss. We talked about um, uh, Gilmer. 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 And really, I, you know, every time we say it, like, how far can you go below a Mandolier? And <laughs> I know there's shit out there we're going to hit, but right now that's the rock bottom for us, man. <laughs> like, again, you compare the Kiss album to uh, to that. I'll take that Kiss album fifteen times a week, man. <laughs> Put me on an island. If I had to choose between music from the Elder or Amanda Lear's Sweet Revenge, uh, I would. Um, I, I, I'd be on a, a, an island. Yeah, <laughs> music to the Elder would would keep me alive, man. <laughs> you just be sitting there crooning along to a world without heroes, <laughs> crying at the end. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, what do you let, let's talk about what you what you got going on, buddy? What do you have going on? Uh, we'll be coming back, I think, uh, next week officially with our review of uh, Red Dragon, mm-hmm. and then following that up, my revenge thing, which I know will work because I already saw it and I hated it. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. I have gotten like two minutes into it so far. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, for whatever faults there was with the uh, 2017 Whedon version or whatever, like they're both bad movies. <laughs> like once is longer. Uh, they're like equally just as terrible. So. Yeah, they need to just reboot. <laughs> cut, cut your losses, WB, yeah, it, and just reboot. Yeah, you're rushing uh, cinematic universe like Marvel with within two movies. You're you're done. Like you're done. It was never going to work. It was never going to work. And you know what? If they had been smart and taken their time, they would have been great because there wouldn't have been any competition. You know, one year a, a Warner, a, a, a DC movies coming out. The next year, Marvel movies coming out. It would have been a lot better. You know, it would have been, it would have been amazing. It would have saved the fucking theater companies. It made them massive amounts of money. But you know, Warner Brothers had to be Warner Brothers, and they fucked it up. Yep. <laughs> So, all right. Well, um, as of the recording of this one, a bunch of shit just went up on the Joe down. So, um, yeah, when you, when you get off, you're going to see the Joe down blew up today. Um, when we're done talking. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. Um, all right. You ready for my album for next time? Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I'm sticking with the woman and we're going to do someone that I, love that i think everyone should love and um it's phil it's uh cindy lopper's 
debut album, She's So Unusual. Oh, yeah, that's a good album. It's a good album. It's a good album to review. Um, so, yes, I think we're going to stick. I'm sticking with the ladies uh, this we're round again. We're sticking with the 80s. Sticking uh, with the 80s. Everybody, Paul and I, we have our uh, our pink T-shirts and white overcoats on still. <laughs> we're doing bumps in the bathroom to get us through these. <laughs> <laughs> and my hyper colors, my hyper color shirts full of sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and we're driving around in our Maseratis, you know, it's just, <laughs> fuck you. I got a Pontiac sunburn. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do um, her, her debut album, which um, we'll talk about. I mean, Talk about a hell of a debut album, man. Yeah. Uh, she It's weird. She had that big one, and then it, she kind of fizzled a little bit. Yes. Yes. And I there's there's a lot to talk about how and why that happened. Well, I mean, she did team up with the WWF. <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the rock and wrestling connection. She was huge <laughs> into that. Um, you know, and we'll, uh, I'll preface this by saying, she was not what MTV and people were trying to market by the end. Like, like in the early, like early years of MTV, there was some shit going on. You know, there, there, I mean, you, there was a book that came out recently about like the shady shit that was going on. Like them, like, you know, they had like a quota of like for every black album artist that's out there, we have to have so many white artists because they were trying to get into the suburbs um and you know she she was a punk and as you know as punk started to die she wasn't going to change and that's part of what started to fizzle her out was she wasn't going to change and then when she finally started to change well you know people wanted cindy for cindy it was you know she was just basically stuck in a rock in a hard place yeah yeah she's also relative to ozzy osbourne yes she is like a cousin or something. Yes, yes, yes. She is a cousin, I believe, like distant cousin. Um, but yep, uh, I've heard that. Yeah, that is that is a thing. Uh, I, I highly doubt they ever met. <laughs> really? I, I, bet, I bet their paths are crossed, especially in the '80s. Come on. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it could have. I, I mean, she was hanging around the WWF, and I think Ozzy was around the WWF at some point too, wasn't he? I have no idea. Ozzy yeah. was in a lot of weird places. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Alamo? Remember the Alamo? Yeah. 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 A weird decade for a man. <laughs> Just guys, if you're ever in Texas, here's a here's a rule of advice: do not get drunk and piss on the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you have in the world; you will not be okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they will arrest you. <laughs> they will arrest you and ban you. Um, you know, it was, I mean, it took pot in Japan for Paul McCartney. It took a piss for Ozzy in Texas. <laughs> you know who was never banned from a place? Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> no, he keeps getting invited back. For, well, 
uh-uh, not true, not true. He didn't have the right jacket, Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got, he got, he was ousted from the pump room with that, Robert. <laughs> what the fuck is the pump room, man? It's like, one of what, those, like, New York hot spots in the 80s. Oh, Christ. Hey, it just sounds, like, so pretentious. Like, let's go to the pump room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do some bumps and blow. <laughs> it sounds like something that family guy would call a giggity's fucking bedroom. The pump room. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the pump room. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Joe, take us the fuck out, man. I got nothing. Fine. Joe, <laughs> take me home. <laughs> take, take me oh. I don't remember. Now, love, Joe, Brad.